You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number two. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. At the bottom of the hour, the head coach and general manager of your Calgary Stampeders, Dave Dickinson, will join us. What was he up to on the bye week? Grinding, trying to figure out a way to get in the damn playoffs. <laughs> a lot, a lot of film. I'm going to say a lot of yeah. film watching. Yeah, uh, and we'll play Impossible Flames trivia. Brought to you by our good friends at VK Bruco to wrap up the hour. That's fun. Your chance to win a fifty dollar gift card to VK Bruco and some swag. And also, mm-hmm. we will um, little VK Bruco. Yep. We will also uh, talk to Megan Mickelson, Flames radio analyst, three-time Olympic gold medalist at 8 o'clock. Looking forward to chatting. She's our new radio analyst for Sportsnet 960, the Calgary Flames games. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Here, when we do the radio calls. Yeah. She's going to be good. Yeah. I'm I'm looking looking forward forward to to all the broadcasts. Like, I, you know me, I love getting down to the dome and watching some hockey. I think I'm going to be there Friday. For the Hitman season opener. Okay. And I think you I'm love be your there. Hitman. I do love my Hitman. I do love junior hockey. Uh, and then Sunday, we got the Flames and the Canucks first preseason game at the yep. Dome. I think I'm going to go to that. Mm-hmm. And Saturday, Samson Alouettes. Your boy is getting into the throes of the sports season. Is, are the Cavs playing this weekend? So you might as well even mix that in. Have you ever been to I a think, Cavs I game? I think they're on the road. I have been to two Cavalry games. Yep. Um, they're a ton of fun. Patty knows how to do them right. Oh, yeah. One of them, I got way too buckled. <laughs> like, way too, like, did not make it to the end of the game. Like, way overdid it. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, But we'll also, uh, we also got the two tickets to the Heritage Classic to give away later on in the show. But right now on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, fresh off a big 7-1 win over the Yankees in the Bronx, Blue Jays analyst for Sportsnet, Buck Martinez. Buck, good morning. How are you? I'm well. How are you guys doing today? We're great, Buck. Um, I, I watching the game last night. You and Dan are in the Bronx. Uh, it got me thinking. You've made a couple trip, a uh, couple trips to New York City. How does Buck Martinez do New York City now? At this point, being there so many times, do you still go to see the sights? You just sit in your hotel. How do you handle New York City when you're there at this point of your career? Well, Monday was raining, and we were supposed to play golf, so we didn't do that. But I just walked around with an umbrella and just took in the sights. And, uh, yeah, you know, you, know you, you go around and you see all the great buildings and all the great restaurants, and it was just a good day to unwind. You know, this time of the year, everything kind of builds up on you, and you're a little bit worn down with travel and everything. But I had a great day just wandering around the Big Apple in, uh, in the rain. Uh, what's your go-to restaurant, Buck, when you're there? Oh, I got so many of them. Uh, there's a place called uh, Fresco by Soto. It's across the street from where we used to stay. It's a terrific Italian place, and yeah, it's uh, really good. And you know, all the steakhouses in the city are good. And uh, I love the diners. In fact, it's uh, it's one of my favorite things to do in New York. Just try all kinds of different places. Uh, what's the traffic like there with the UN general meetings going on right now? Absolutely miserable. <laughs> it's like uh, the worst I've ever seen. Yeah, um, it's, uh, we got to go to the park uh, at one o'clock just to make sure we get there in time for the game. It's, well, it's ridiculous. Oh and it's, uh, every street is blocked off. There's a uh, going everywhere. Secret Service everywhere, and it's a zoo. So, so Buck, six hours before first pitch is when you're leaving for the park. 
Yeah, we uh, yeah, no, it was a game. We'll just go out with a team. The team has to go that that early because uh, you just don't know what traffic's going to be like. I mean, it depends on where you go. You can go up the FDR, you can go up the West Side Highway, and it's just uh, the core of the city is absolutely gridlocked. Wow, uh, that's incredible. Um, Buck, uh, Yusei Kikuchi with the big start yesterday had to leave with cramps. He said that he only slept 11 hours, and maybe that's the reason for cramps. Buck, I don't know about you. Have you ever heard of a pitcher sleeping for 11 hours when he likes to sleep around 12 to 13 before a start? Yeah, I know. Pitchers are different cats, man. They are absolutely (laughs) different cats. And they only work every five days, so you can imagine they need their rest. That's right. (laughs) The other thing about that, too, is like, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, that, that's only 10 hours left in the day. He plays a two-and-a-half-hour game. Like, you're not getting a whole lot of day if you're sleeping for 14 hours. That's the, That was my biggest takeaway, Buck. Yeah, he's uh, he's a terrific guy. And, unfortunately, uh, you know, he left that game. And uh, I think that they got the best news possible because it was a cramp and it's not any kind of muscle strain or anything. So he should be good to go next time out. Um, if baseball had a comeback player of the year, Buck, is you say Kikuchi that guy? Oh, absolutely. He's uh, certainly in the conversation. He and Jose Barrios both the way he bounced back after a disappointing seasons last year. You know, Kikuchi ended up pitching out of the bullpen last year, and Barrios had an ERA over five. So I think they both deserve an awful lot of credit for uh, really working hard and making sure that uh, they didn't have a repeat of last year. Jays uh, got the long ball going yesterday, three home runs out in the Bronx, helping them get the win. Do you think it's starting to come along with the power for this lineup a little bit as we wind down in the season, or is that maybe a, a little bit of a factor of just going and playing in the Bronx? Um, I hope it's a, the first because, uh, you know, Bo looks like he's starting to get his timing. He had a great at-bat in his first at-bat when he walked, and then he got a base hit. And, uh, you know, things are starting to come around for him. And, you know, Vladdy got another base hit, and slowly but surely he's starting to swing it a little bit better. And I think the biggest thing was that, uh, you know, Springer hit the opposite field home run, and, you know, he is so important to this team to get it going. Another leadoff home run, and, you know, the offense has just been inconsistent, and hopefully they'll get things going. But when you think about it, over the last uh, three or four games, it's been Merrifield, it's been Barsho, it's been Chapman, now Springer and Bo, so uh, everybody's starting to get into the act. Buck, are we talking enough about the fact that Bo's only made eight errors this season because his defense has really kind of improved this year? It's dramatically improved, and we talked about it last night on the air, and uh, he had a chance to get a force out of third base on a very difficult play in the hole, and he decided to go back to second, and they turned a hell of a double play. But, yeah, I mean, to go from 23-24 errors to eight in one season is pretty dramatic, and he deserves a lot of credit. He's worked very hard, and he's out there every single day, and I just harken back to uh, his time spent with Marcus Simeon, who has maybe the best work ethic, work routine in all of baseball. And I think Simeon's impact is still carried over to Bo. When Bo is playing like that, how much does it elevate that infield? Because you have Matt Chapman when he's healthy. You know, we've had Davis Schneider. Vladdy's been solid there, too. How high does this infield get when Bo is playing like this? A really good defender. Yeah, we got one of the best third basemen in all baseball, then Matt Chapman. And then when Bo plays that kind of defense, and all the second basemen that played well, whether it's uh, Espinal, Davis, or Cavan, and, uh, you know, Vladdy has not had the type of year he had last year, but at the same time, he's pretty good there as well. So when you factor that in with the outfield defense, uh, the Boutiers, uh, they're one of the best defensive teams in all of baseball. 
Buck Martinez, a Blue Jays analyst for Sportsnet, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Park. I saw him big show, Russick and Rose, 960 The Fan. Uh, Buck, heading into the season, I think it'd be safe to say that Kevin Vigio is a guy, he'd be at the bottom of your roster, bench player, you know, solid guy with a good eye. But, Buck, the way he's playing, especially since the All-Star break, has Kevin Vigio kind of resurrected his career here, Buck? Well, he certainly has, and he deserves a lot of credit because, as you mentioned, he wasn't getting a lot of playing time. Early in the season with Merrifield was hot, and he deserved to play every game. And Espinal was in there a little bit more than Kevin, but Kevin never dropped his head, never got down, never stopped working, and he refined his swing to the point where now he's one of the most consistent hitters in the lineup. And John Snyder's making sure he's in there every day, whether it's in right field or first base or second base. He's even played third base when uh, Chapman was out. So he's done a heck of a job of uh, staying upbeat, working hard, and now he's earned the right to play in these huge games down the stretch. Trevor Richards had a solid outing yesterday. It hasn't been outstanding since he came back from the injured list, but what did you make of the decision from John Schneider to go to Richards in that position and give him an opportunity to play in a, a pretty high-leverage situation there with only a couple runs as a lead? I think that's the entire definition of pitching. Richards has been so good for you all year long, and he deserves an opportunity to get sorted out, and he did yesterday. He had the best changeup I've seen for a while. And, you know, John's got a lot of confidence in everybody down that bullpen, and I think you see when Jimmy came in and stranded another inherited runner, and then Jordan Hicks had a terrific inning, and then with the extra runs in the ninth, he'd go to Nate Pearson and get him into a ball game for the first time since he's come back from Buffalo. So, you know, John knows who he has down in that bullpen, and he knows that over the course of the season, some guys are going to have a little bit of a downturn. But uh, since Richard has come back, that's the best outing he's had, and that's certainly a good sign for the rest of the fans. Buck, how weird is it to watch the Yankees without being the Bronx Bombers right now, an offense that really just doesn't have that much pop? It's very strange. And, uh, you know, you look at the lineup and, you know, Judge and, and Stanton are, are really kind of struggling themselves. And D.J. LeMay is not the same hitter we've seen. It's won batting titles in the past. You know, there's no Donaldson, no Rizzo. And, you know, it's certainly not the team that uh, I've seen over the years that you come in here and you wonder uh, how many home runs are we going to give up and how uh, many runs we have to score to beat these guys. That's not the case anymore. Yeah, it's too bad uh, they're not in the playoffs this season. Uh, Buck, a lot of Blue Jays fans, I don't think, will shed a tear uh, for the poor uh, Bronx Bombers. <laughs> I agree with that. Yeah, and that's a Oh, boo-hoo, poor Yankees. Um, Buck, if the playoffs started today, who's in your top three for the Blue Jays in the rotation? And again, I'm getting way ahead of myself. Still got to win a ton of games. But if the Blue Jays do have a chance, if they have the luxury of setting things up, how would you set up the best of two wildcard series with the rotation? I think it would be, um, for me, it would be Gosman, Barrios, and Bassett. I, I think because uh, Gosman's been so dominant, he can get your first win. And then if something should happen to Barrios and he can't win the game, then you've got Bassett for game three. I think that would be the way I would set it up because those guys have been consistent all year long. And, uh, you know, especially Gosman, I think uh, he fits so well in the Seattle game last year in the playoffs that I think he'd be the guy that I'd send out there first. Would you have Kikuchi as a lefty specialist then out of the pen? I don't know. It just depends on who you're playing. Hmm. You know, it just depends on who you're playing because he did pitch out of the pen last year. Uh, he's still got his good stuff, and uh, I think that could be an option. But I think with Cabrera and Mesa down there, the Blue Jays have uh, a very, very formidable left-handed combination to give you two different options in the middle of the game. 
Buck, it's looking like uh, Tampa Bay and Minnesota are going to be the kind of top two seeds in that opening round of the postseason. Uh, is there a matchup that maybe benefits the Blue Jays better between the Twins and the Rays? No, I don't think so. I, I think Minnesota doesn't get the credit they deserve. they got one of the better pitching staffs in all of baseball, and they're uh, pitching well. Unfortunately, last night, Bryce Lewis left the game, and he's been red hot for him swinging the bat, but he had a hamstring injury last night. Uh, Tampa Bay, everybody knows what Tampa Bay is like. It's not an easy place for the Blue Jays to play, and uh, unfortunately, if you don't win your division, you don't have much of a choice of who you're going to play. They just have to play it out. And wherever they stack up in the seed ranking, they're going to have to go to uh, some town and play either the Twins, probably, or the Tampa Bay Rays right there in St. Pete. Uh, Buck, before I let you go, uh, Chris Jones looked pretty good for your Chiefs on Sunday. Yeah, he's a little bit off in his timing, but it's good to have him back. I'm sure that everybody was happy they signed him, and uh, they'll get better as the season goes on because they got that terrific quarterback. Uh, Buck Martinez, Blue Jays analyst for Sportsnet. Buck, enjoy NYC and maybe not so much the traffic. Thanks for this. All right, you bet. There he is, Buck Martinez from New York City. So the game's at 7 Eastern. They have to leave at 1 Eastern because of the the traffic and in New York City. Like, that uh, is so, insane. Yeah, like I'd, I, how, I don't know. How I'm, early before first pitch would a baseball team typically arrive I, at a They stadium? generally get there. Like it just guy. It just depends on the guys. But mm-hmm. usually I know when I was covering the Blue Jays, like I did a lot of games at one point. They get there around like three-ish before the game. For a seven o'clock game? Yes. Yeah, so that's around kind of three, similar three, to the hockey guys too. Yeah, yeah they get there enough. It, it's a BP. A meal and yeah, yeah, yeah. Get an early meal. That way you don't have being belly full of pasta out there right. on the ice. But yeah, um, yeah that, that's a nightmare. better accommodations maybe out in the Bronx. Yeah, traffic nightmare. I get you want to stay in the heart of New York when you're there. It's easy to get all the restaurants sure. and everything, but Man, that's five hours, like six hours you got to leave ahead of the game and just to get there. Hey, it worked short. last night. It worked last night, but um, last time in New York this year. Thank God. Um, Blue Jays on Yankees tonight. Uh, Kevin Gosman on the mound with his new haircut uh, <laughs> trying to beat the Yankees. So, again, no pop in that lineup, too. Outside of Judge and LeMahieu and Torres, like, that's pretty much it. And, man, Stanton's bad. Does, doesn't he look, Man, he's, like, he is so lost at the dish. Dude was just waving at pitches last night. The guy makes, like, $30 million a season. Yeah, and, and they and they deserve to boo. Boo that man. Yeah. Like, he, either he hits a home run, like, one every, what, three games? Another way, he's, he's, a, he's a no. He's like, got another $32 million the next two years. What, his on base is below three. Did he get uh, three Ks yesterday? Uh, $29 million and 26, 25 and 27, and then he's a club option in 28 you're finally ufa in 2029 yeah woof he was 0 for 2 with two k's and the second one he just watched he was just waving and it was stuff. like what <laughs> you didn't even try just, on that it, sluggers just cannot <laughs> goodness. sustain over a longer period of time like they used to be able to like Giancarlo Stan, like this guy was a 40 home run threat well, every the mvp year. yeah 50 home runs and then like just Injuries mount up. Like Judge feels like that type of guy. Like he could be a slugger, but then injuries down the line are yeah, gonna get him. But I don't. He's I don't already know. down the line. Is like he's, he's like, not even thirty, and he's, he's already almost thirty. He's almost thirty, and he's already the injuries are starting to creep in. Trout, like the guys that just like just they cannot last long enough. No, I, nowadays. I don't think it's just sluggers per se. I think it's just the sport. Like it's such a grind day in day out. You get hurt. Every well, guy's have to do a better job up. at managing these players. Maybe load management has to find its way into baseball. Oh boy! A bit. Now you need more players, and there's so hmm. many players in baseball. No, no. Your roster's yeah, a huge. How yeah. many good players are I know. There in baseball? 
But, you still got you got two teams already at a hundred losses. But so. Judge is so big, so strong. Yeah, like I, he doesn't need, you know. But it's Stan just a was toe a issue. big, strong dude too. Yeah, but Stan never had the plate discipline that Aaron Judge does. At least mm. Judge has some plate discipline. Stan's just up there hacking, trying to hit that ball to Queens yeah, every he, time he's up. He not a lot of uh, let me just get this one in play and get to first. Mm-hmm. That's no, no, not really him. Especially the way he stands with that back foot way out. Not batting is looks weird. Yeah, yeah and and again, uh, Buck, you know, in the best two out of three series, uh, again, you hope the Blue Jays are playing the wild card. There he goes. He says Gosman, Barrios, and and Bassett. Mm-hmm. No, you say Kikuchi. No, Hunjin Ryu. Like that would be the the first three you throw out there. If there's a game three, Chris Bass is out there. Crafty pitcher, you know, works his way around the strike zone. If you look at this rotation too. Been fantastic. How many guys have sub four ERA? Mm-hmm. But it's just a house of horrors when you go to that GD ballpark well, in St. Petersburg and that terrible lighting and that team that well, pitches the new so damn built. well. But the other thing <laughs> yeah. here too is like we can talk about the rotation is going to be in the playoffs, but these guys are only a game up. Like, what if that last game of the season means something? Mm-hmm. Then what are you going to? Well, do? no, you again. Every, you, the Blue Jays are, and John Schneider are doing every game like it's a playoff game now already. They have to manage that yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. Like, and th- that's why I asked uh, Buck the hypothetical question. If they have the luxury of setting up the rotation, mm. how would they do it? But chances are, like, yeah, if the Blue Jays... As they might not have the benefit of Gosman in if the they game go, one. Yeah, that's, if they go 8-4, 7-5. That, kind of yeah, right? seven like, and five. yeah, they, they might they have go, to start Yusei Kikuchi yeah, in game one. If they go, yeah, 4-4 four and four over the next little bit here, then yeah. all of a sudden you're kind of knee-knocking as you got those final four games against the Yankees and then that yeah, race Yeah, the, all they're playing are the Yankees and Rays the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yankees-Rays, Yankees-Rays. Yeah. Away, so, away, home-home. Yeah, so that uh, it's not the easiest schedule. But uh, again, uh, those teams out west playing each other, which is a benefit for the Blue Jays. Just get into the postseason, like I said earlier. Just get into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Anything can happen yep. when you get into the playoffs. Yeah, obviously, they got the the sour taste of how Game Two against Seattle no, went. They last. had no business yes. losing that game. Exactly. So mismanaged. and they'll be on the road this time, which yeah. is uh, which might be a little bit of a benefit. They they've been have the a, they've been a great road team. Exactly. They don't have the pressure. One of the best of road Rogers teams in Center, baseball. I think now Rogers Center has become a little bit of a, a pressure point for this team. Eh. Like the team, like they did, they weren't showing up last week. The fans, because of, I don't know why they weren't the twenty two thousand lowest attendance in a playoff race, and then they yeah, but it was also, but there's also like kids are back in school. It's it was that, a weekend. Yeah, I know, but I don't. know. It was the kind place of will peculiar. be jammed. The place will be jammed for the postseason. Don't worry. Oh, I know it will, but it's just yeah. it feels that that place is such and a again, pressure. They, but zone then again, like we were talking about this team, like well, better get ready for twenty twenty four after they got swept by the Rangers. <laughs> yeah. Like people, there's a lot of they can drop people. the next two I, to the Yankees. I, I and, then and and here's the thing: yeah, you make plans for your weekend. At that point, it was like, why am I going to watch the Jays? Yeah. Also, they're, uh, they're done. Sure. Sometimes the fans, but the television numbers are always oh, super TV strong. numbers are yeah. just for the Toronto Blue Jays. What was the weather like last weekend? Was it was relevant? fine, I think. Yeah, the lid Roof was open. Was open yeah. um, Dave Dickinson, head coach and GM of your Calgary Stampeders, straight ahead. We'll play Impossible Flames Trivia at 745. Mm-hmm. And we're giving away a pair of tickets to the Heritage Classic. We'll do that at 830. Shoot us a text, 960-960, name and location. You can call us in at 830. Um, Patrick was alluding to a video I saw last night on social media. <laughs> During the morning report, yeah, it oh, was yeah. Uh, it was a gentleman just walking naked through an airport. Oh yeah, he was just completely <laughs> naked walking through an airport. He's, He's like, looks, yeah, bud, and he thumbs up. He looks so dejected. Yeah, he looks sad, but he was naked, running, walking, not yeah. running, just walking through an airport. We want to ask you a nine sixty nine sixty name and location. 
What's the weirdest, grossest thing you've seen on a plane or in the airport? 960, 960, name and location. Eric Francis loves to talk about this stuff. I want to hear from you. What's the weirdest, grossest thing you've seen on an either airplane? And please, I hope you weren't on that diarrhea flight from Atlanta to Barcelona. Negative. It's just a, a biohazard issue. I, you know, we've had a passenger who had diarrhea all the way yeah, to Yeah, hopefully it's not so that one. They want us to come back to Atlanta. You absolutely should go back to Atlanta. Um, nine sixty nine sixty name and location. The weirdest thing you've seen at the airport or on a plane. Nine sixty nine sixty name and location. We'll do those text messages. We'll do that at eight thirty. We got lots to do. It's the big show. Russick and Rose Sportsnet nine sixty. The fan live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. It's the big show. Russick and Rose Sportsnet nine sixty. The fan will wrap up this hour with your chance to win a $50 gift card from Vacay Bruco and some swag from them as we play Impossible Flames Trivia. Our brand spanking new Sportsnet 960, the fan Flames radio analyst Megan Mickelson will join us at 8 o'clock. And we're giving away those two tickets to the Heritage Classic next month in Edmonton at 8.30. We're asking you, in honor of this video of this guy sauntering around naked in an airport, we're asking you what sauntering is a good word. He's yeah, definitely he sauntering. sauntering. Yeah. Um, what's the weirdest, grossest thing you've seen either on a plane or in the airport? 960, 960, name and location. We'll do that at 830. But right now, he is the head coach and general manager of your Calgary Stampeders on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. We say good morning to Dave Dickinson. Dave, how are you? I'm doing all right, guys. How are you? We're good. Um, Dave, we talked about uh Yusei Kikuchi. The uh the pitcher for the Blue Jays last night said he got a cramp in his back. Because he only slept 11 hours instead of 13 or 14 hours like he normally does before a start. What was your sleeping habits like when you were a player? Oh, I think nerves for me definitely uh, didn't like eating a lot for games. And uh, you're sleepy before a game, but you do try to, you know, put yourself down. But one thing that for me, my mind is always working. So a lot of times didn't sleep overly well. Um, just trying to think about what they might do or <laughs> scenarios and stuff like that. So I always felt like, yeah, a little restless for certainly uh, the night before games. And But, yeah, you, you definitely try to reserve your energy. Now, 11 hours does sound like a pretty good sleep, though. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm a little jealous on that. Yeah, I think that's what we're all kind of feeling right now. Did you ever have any roommates that had any strange sleeping patterns? Everybody's different. You know, some guys like to get up there, you know, usually the older players like to get up a little earlier and maybe get the, activate the body. Even on a night game, you know, make sure you're getting your body activated in the morning. I never really was that like I didn't want to get a workout in the morning and then feel like I didn't have the energy in the game. So um, I'm not super yet on the roommate side. Boy, does that seem like a long time ago. So, <laughs> uh, you know. And then the other side of it is, you know, I had other ones where I was really not playing. I was just trying to stay out of the way, uh, making sure that uh, the guy I was rooming with was, you know, was able to, to handle it his way and, and, and feel like he was ready to go. So um, not really too many exciting stories on that front. It does seem like a, a different uh, different time for me. Uh, is, is your sleeping habits during a bye week very similar to when you were as a player? Your mind is racing? So I don't mind getting up uh, in the morning, especially when I don't have anything to do. Um, that hasn't been the case very much. Uh, but I, I like kind of – if I've got something that I need to do in the morning, I'm not going to be able to sleep. Uh, and, you know, obviously as a coach, you always think you have something to do. So, hmm. yeah, you'll you'll once you wake up and, you know, I'm in my 50s, you know, maybe I have to take a bathroom break or something. It's hard <laughs> to get back to sleep for me. 
and uh, sometimes you just get up and you just come on in and, and start working, and it's kind of the way it goes. How'd you spend the bye week, Coach? I was here, enjoyed the weather, and um, still trying to find little tidbits or something to to get this team and uh, back in the winning ways and and uh, you know, messaging, but also you know what can we show them to. The, are we close? I believe we are. Why aren't we not winning some of these close games? I tried to give them some ideas on that. Uh, as a staff, we've got to look at what we do. We really did a deep self-scout trying to figure out uh, are we giving them too much, not enough, um, personnel-wise, who's excelling, who's not. Um, you know, just we, we went over yesterday with the guys. I thought it was somewhat, I mean, to be honest, when you point out a lot, some of it is negativity, especially when you're 4-9. It can get a little heavy, but I think you have to be honest. You have to show them, hey, these are reasons, some of the reasons it's not going our way. But uh, I do think our room and and the staff and everybody is still uh, uh, fully committed and believes that we can get the job done, so we have to do it this week. I'm imagining that when you're at home in a bye week, because historically as a head coach, you have a very good record coming out of a bye week. I imagine you have a big office, maybe a humongous whiteboard, a couple of computers I'm imagining, and this is kind of where you spend a few hours a day trying to craft a game plan. How accurate am I? Well, I mean, I have I've got into the new wave. I used to be all oh. folders and whiteboards and all that. I've got got myself an iPad that is actually great because you don't have to find your folders anymore. Like I bet I bet <laughs> if you look at it sometimes I got stuff from like I'm looking underneath my desk right now and I've got playbooks all the way back to twenty fourteen sitting there. Um how many times you actually go through them, you know, the game does change and but sometimes you know what it is just a, a quicker mile. We did that back then. He's you know, this he's this coach is going back to doing some of the things he used to do. That play worked pretty good. You know, I do feel like some of the rule changes with the hash marks has opened up the field to attack both sides a little more, which is good. And then, you know, for me, it's which coaches are going to do what. I think certain coaches always fall back to kind of what they're comfortable with, but the game and everything does evolve. So when you go back too far, really a lot of it doesn't, doesn't fit. Uh, Coach, you made a couple uh, of additions to the practice squad uh, over the weekend. Uh, George Abena and Mal- Malcolm Thompson both spent time with Calgary in the past. Uh, t- shed some light on on these two players as I uh, hope to add some depth to the group. Yeah, well, we're real light at the D-line. Obviously, everybody is healthy, is playing. Um, so we thought, you know what, George was a guy that I liked. He broke his thumb, um, and so he really couldn't compete for a job this camp, but I thought he did good in the first game and uh, preseason game that was. And it, it didn't heal like I was hoping as fast, so we've, we've had him on our radar. And, um, you know, he also can do some things on special teams. He's, he's a good teammate as well. And then for Malcolm, you know, we don't have a ton of Canadian depth. In fact, we're really light. And to be honest, there's not very many guys out there. I mean, if yeah. a few more injuries at Canadians, I'm not sure where we go from there. But he had an ACL last year, and uh, so he was. Uh, that was why he was on the street. And we're still, uh, you know, in the process, seeing you know, how he's running, how he's feeling. I, I'd like to at least give him a, a couple weeks to get his his feet underneath him and let him feel confident. But he's kind of next guy up uh, when it comes to special teams depth, DB depth. Uh, so we're hoping he can do some good things for us. Uh, and the opponent coming in on Saturday, the Montreal Alouettes, uh, had a tough game earlier on this year out in Montreal, uh, losing that one. But uh, talk about the opponent. They're coming in as well, uh, struggling as they try and fight for the playoffs. But just talk about the Owls and, and what they can bring as uh, Cody, Cody Fajardo adds a, a, another element uh, as that you have to defend. Yeah, they've got, you know, probably uh, 
I guess some of the biggest guys uh, on, as far as a, a roster. They've got size and speed, um, talented group. Like us, you know, at times, uh, you know, I've lost a lot of close games, and you, they probably feel like if I had a play here or a play there, we win that game. Their last game against Toronto, they definitely got to feel that way. Um, it does come down to, yeah, a lot of times making that one or two plays, um, which quarterback plays better, uh, who wins the turnover battle. And then lately, as you're seeing in the league, it's who can keep their poise. Mm. Um, you know, when things are going kind of getting chippy, which team can keep their poise and, and stay out of the penalty box. So those are all things we, we we brought to the forefront of our team, and I'm sure they have as well. I know it's it's a little bit back uh, two weeks ago. You, you mentioned when you were talking to defending Trey Ford, you wanted to do hit him legally. But did you have a chat with Micah Alway about, with, about his hit and everything, how he was fine and everything? Or is that just like Micah knows what he had to do and he, he's got to be better in that scenario? Well, we want to play by the rules. Yeah. That's the main thing. And, uh you know, I I don't I didn't really think he uh, honestly made uh, much contact with mm-hmm. him, but mm-hmm. he still you know looked to me like he he led with you know with his head and he's that's Micah does that a bit he knows it it's I can remember a quote from Wally Bono back in like 2014 he's he's like yeah we gotta we gotta try to get that out of him because for his safety and everyone yeah. else's and and I do remember that you know it's hard as that's how you play and you you know you you kind of that's how you probably. Uh, tackled since you're a youngster but he knows it and the, and the other thing is you know you don't want to get fined you don't want to put people at risk but you know it's a physical game and you just got to know the standard and so I think that was something I had to show the guys yesterday and uh, and Mike has always bought in he's yeah he's a passionate player he goes for it uh, but yeah just keep your head up and and make sure you're playing by the rules coach how important is that front six front seven going to be for you because you got Cody Fajardo who can be mobile it looks like William Standback is going to be returning and if Fajardo has time he's probably going to be able to find Austin Mack so how big is this game going to be for that front group of guys on your defense Always is the key. I mean, uh, every every time, you know, a lot, I wouldn't say every time, but a good chunk of the times when your back end plays really well, it's because there's pressure and the front seven allowed you to get into second and longs. You know, we didn't stop the run very well last game, so that's going to be a challenge. Mm. They bring a lot of big people packages in, meaning extra offensive linemen, extra fullbacks, and they just try to mash it up in there. You give everyone inside, though, that's when they take their shots outside. So it's a it's a give-and-take type of game. you got to make sure everybody's on, on point doing their job, and you got to win your majority of your one-on-one battles. The big thing for us, and we did a good job of this last game, is we've got to win the turnover battle and own the ball, and our defense did step up. We just took some costly, costly penalties, and we just didn't make the plays in the last uh, 36 seconds. I wanted to ask you about 31-year-old Mike Rose. I remember covering your team when he was on the practice squad, and I can't remember who the veteran lineman was, but he was telling us this guy's going to be a superstar in the league. Right now he's got eight sacks, which is one of the better numbers in the CFL and definitely one of the best numbers for an interior guy. What have you thought of the season that Mike Rose has had and, and maybe how he's grown into a leadership role on this defense? I think he's doing a good job. Um, he is affecting the plays. He's uh, he works every day. I mean, I haven't seen him take a day off. Like I said, 31. In the real world, that's not very old football. That's definitely on playing the back nine for sure. Uh, but he's doing a great job. I don't think he's lost anything. In fact, he's yeah. probably had has as good a year as he's had. So, um, doing a good job. We just need more and just keep keep after it. He's been a good leader with that room. A D line play has been solid, especially with all our problems and injuries at defensive end, but the interior guys really held it together. 
Maybe just a thought on your offense as well. This is a Montreal team that's kind of middle of the pack in a lot of defensive metrics across the league. How is the, uh, you, you don't have to tell us your game plan, but what are some of the things you're looking at on this defense for Montreal? Well, the main thing is we've got to score touchdowns and not yeah. settle for field goals. We we kicked six last time. I mean, it wasn't that we didn't have move the ball there. Uh, I think they're they're an aggressive defense that uh, is well coached, tackle well. They got size, they got speed, and they also have guys uh, make plays on the ball. So uh, you know, a lot of things there are good there. They they probably are you know uh, I guess a. When you say in the middle of the pack, when I look at them, it's not what I'm seeing. I'm seeing a, a very good front. I'm seeing a physical linebacking core that just got better. Mm. And Sankey on that list. And then the DB-wise, I think uh, that's where they've had, to, like us, the majority of their injuries. And they're starting to get everybody back healthy now. And I think they feel good about their team. We'll keep an eye on Jake Mayer for this one for sure. I uh, just wanted to ask you as well about Rene Paradis. Do you think he expected to be doing this much work when he came back to join your club for the season? <laughs> I would hope. Uh, hey, I think Renee will take anything he can get on that. Um, he's been excellent as well. Uh, like I said, just keep working and keep at it. And, uh, you know, like I said, if it comes down to it, we always have a lot of faith that uh, Renee will make that kick. So uh, whether you expect it or not, uh, I don't think he's shying away from the work. Renee never has. And uh, hopefully he's kicking extra points and not field goals. <laughs> Dave Dickinson is the head coach and general manager of your Calgary Stampeders. Dave, best of luck this week. Thanks for this. Okay, guys, take care. Bye. There he is. Dave Dickinson. Bye week stuff. Get some sleep. Mind is <laughs> racing. I can feel that, Dave. Oh, yeah. Well, thinking about stuff. That was me on Monday trying to have a nap, and I just kept on coming up with ideas for the show. Didn't even nap. Just battled through the two Monday night football games. You're welcome. That's why, um, well, I am. I may be dumb, but I don't think I'm stupid. Oh. That's why when you're really dumb, you sleep like a log. You don't think about stuff. You're like, do do do, time oh. to sleep. Head down on the pillow. You're out. <laughs> I do fall asleep like really quick. Do you really? Oh, it d- drive, it drives a better half nuts. Like you're just like Homer Simpson. You just lie oh, down yeah, and dude. that's it. You're snoring yeah, in three seconds. Brother, a little bit of devil's lettuce, maybe a little <laughs> melatonin gummy. Your boy. Is anything up, else you want to take to sleep? Minus minus maximum five minutes. Okay. Wow. I'm jealous. Um, Megan Mickelson, jealous is the word I would use. But. Uh, Megan Mickelson is our new Flames radio analyst uh, th- th- for this upcoming season. That's exciting. She's going to join us at the top of the hour. Announcements all across the network today. And My goodness. Also, um, the um, two tickets to the Heritage Classic next month in Edmonton as the uh, Flames take on the Oilers. We're giving away tickets uh, in honor of that video of the guy sauntering naked in the airport that's circul- circulating around X, a.k.a. Twitter, uh, last night. Um, F- what's F- the, FKA. Uh, what's the uh, weirdest, grossest thing you've seen on an airplane or at the airport? 960, 960, name and location. Some of these are terrific already. Oh, like, yeah. People are just vile. Yeah, oh, yeah. And airports, like, I don't know if it's because there's some sort of feeling that you're in, like, international waters or something like that, but lawless. No, it's like a Bills game almost. <laughs> Uh, 960, 960, uh, name and location. The weirdest, grossest thing you've seen uh, at the airport or on an airplane. But right now, it's time to do what we do on Wednesdays. Sorry, I just need the intro, GVP. There it is. Get your thinking cap ready. Because it's time for George Russick to deliver today's impossible Flames trivia question. 
Impossible Flames Trivia is brought to you by Veranda, a friendly farm-to-table restaurant featuring craft beer and spirits from in-house Vacay Bruco and Burwood Distillery. 2566 Flanders Avenue Southwest and on Instagram at Veranda YYC. It's simple. I give you three current or former members of the Calgary Flames. You got to find out how I'm connecting the dots. It's generally impossible, but last week we had a record. Yeah. Somebody got it pretty much within the first You didn't two even minutes. get a hint. Yeah, I didn't even get a hint and they yeah. got it. Yeah. Uh, Patrick, I've, I've emailed you the answer. Oh, I should check the email. You should. I've really ramped it up the difficulty today. Are oh. you reading it right now? Oh, good luck. <laughs> there you go. Good luck indeed. Mm. Matt, are you ready? And actually, one of these players might not make it so tough, but you'll okay. see. You'll All see. Right. This is just how my brain's uh, thinking it. Here's how it works. Uh, you text in with the answer, 960-960. You got to put your name and location, and you haven't won anything in like 30 days. We'll know, though. Yeah, it Because we have a complex system. It shows. Yeah. We we, we we weed you out if you're if you won in the past thirty days. Um the first name, uh Matthew. Mm-hmm. Josh Juris. Ooh, Union oh, College. Okay. Uh Joshua Juris was born on July fourteenth, nineteen ninety, as a, a Canadian professional ice hockey center currently playing in Switzerland in the National League. Oh, good for him. An I don't un- know he was still playing. Hey. An, an undrafted good player. Juris signed with the Calgary Flames organization in twenty thirteen after playing three seasons of college hockey for the Union College Dutchman, Patrick. Right. Juris scored 16 goals. Damn right. <laughs> Juris scored 16 goals of the member of the Flames in 119 games. I um, Next I just, name. I just want to see how good he is in the National League in Swiss. Like, is he a top player in that league? Second name. <laughs> Tyler Toffoli. This is important to me. Yes. Tyler Toffoli was okay, born yeah, on Tyler April Toffoli. 24, 1992. He's a Canadian professional ice hockey winger. From the New Jersey Devils of the NHL, he was drafted by the LA Kings in the second round, 47th overall of the 2010 NHL entry draft. On February 14th, 2022, Toffoli was traded to the Calgary Flames for Tyler Pitlick, Emil Heineman, a first-round pick in 2022, and a fifth-rounder in 2023. Did you know 37-year-old David DeHarnay is still playing in the, in the National League in really? Switzerland? Yeah, he had 42 points last year. Wow. He, had a great he was season. always a skilled player. He was 23rd in league scoring way more than our boy uh, Josh Turris. Uh, and the final name, Trevor Lewis. Trevor Lewis was born on January 8th, 1987 and is an American professional ice hockey center who currently plays for the LA Kings of the NHL. Lewis appeared in parts of 12 seasons with the Kings after being drafted 16th overall by the team in the 06 draft. He spent one season with the Winnipeg Jets before signing with Calgary in 2021. He won a Stanley Cup championship with the Kings in 12 and 14. Lewis is married to Kara, and they have two children, both twins. They would welcome another child in their family in April 2022. Josh Juris, Tyler Toffoli, Trevor Lewis, nine sixty nine sixty name and location. They all have something in common. Do you know Tyler Ennis is playing in the National League as well? Huh. Oh. Marcus Granlin's in this league. It's a it's a top European league. It's probably like maybe third or fourth in Europe. Forever aflame. Roman Trevanka led the league with fifty three or fifty nine points last year. Damn right. Yeah. Uh, they all have kids. That's not what I'm <laughs> looking for. Oh, yeah. Oh. Um, Juris, Toffoli, and Lewis. Um, Wedley and Bradawood, all three Flames uh, never lost their golf clubs while flying with Woo Airlines. <laughs> Woo! Um, Russell and Strathmore, they all shoot right. Uh, keep them coming, 960-960. Name and location. Sutter made them all milk cows on his farm, Dustin Calgary. 
Trevor's real name is Liam, and they all have alliteration names. He's actually Ooh. Liam Lewis. Wow. Uh, Stephen Airdrie. Uh, is that right? Is that wrong? Uh, they've all been Am in Daryl Jones's kitchen. Darryl I don't know. Um, Freaking Captain of the Savers. Uh, Tyler and Aspen the Hills, they all pooped their pants at a Bills game and fell down and excavating and uh, scaling after a 10-foot <laughs> fence like Spider-Man. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> On LSD. Yeah. Um, they the all played on the fourth part. line. Ryan from Evanston. Okay, not what I'm looking for. Mark and Lethbridge totally all scored the first the game with line. the Flames. Oh, that's a good guess, but not what I'm looking for. Josh Juris, Tyler Toffoli, Trevor Lewis, 960-960 name and location. We're playing Impossible Flames trivia. You ready for a hint? Yep. Are you ready for a musical hint? Oh. What? I'm mixing it up. What do you mean? Hit it, GVP. What? Oh, yeah. Randy Newman. We love it. I love LA. Ooh. That's a massive hint. That is a huge hint. Randy Newman's I Love LA. Hmm. Let me Google Randy Newman and see what I can come up with. 960, 960, name and location. Josh Juris. Tyler Toffoli, Trevor Lewis, all have something in common. 960, 960, name and location. Um, Scott Calgary, they all dated Logan Paul's fiance. I don't think that's the right answer. Who's he dating? Have you ever heard heard the song Short People? Uh, No. Yeah. Uh, uh, It's probably not. like no short people. Yeah, probably can't play that. Um, Mark and Lethbridge, (laughs) all their spouses are from L.A. Oh, that's not bad. TJ and Cranston, all drafted by LA. Ooh, not what I'm looking for, oh, though. 960, is, yeah. 960, name and location. Are you Don't want no short people. Loud. That was very <laughs> that loud. Was very loud. Sorry. <laughs> very loud. Sorry. Um, you ready for hint number two? A musical hint number two? What? More music. Two musical hints. Whoa. Okay. Hit it, GVP. Oh, that's that's okay, of course that's three dog that. night. Yeah, with uh, one is the loneliest number that you'll ever do. I went to Lonely Mouth recently, a new oh. restaurant here in town. It was very good. Uh, nine sixty nine sixty name and location. Jerry from Calgary. They're all members of Kiss. <laughs> oh, Not dumplings. what I'm looking for. The dumplings were so good. Oh, um, this is a good one. Stephen Auburn. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all scored their first goal in L.A. Oh, oh, that's a nice one. Not what I'm looking for. Josh and Cochran. They all scored goals at the Bell Center in Montreal. Oh. Ooh. Interesting. Not what I'm looking for, but you're getting a little warmer here. 960, 960, name and location. Josh Juris, Trevor Lewis, Tyler Toffoli all have something in common. Are you ready for hint number three? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, for sure. Um, Trading Spaces was an hour-long American television reality program that originally aired from 2000 to 2008 on the cable channels TLC and Discovery Home. Trading Spaces was an hour-long American television reality program that originally aired from 2000 to 2008 on the cable channels TLC and Discovery Home. Well, hmm. um, did you know that Randy Newman did the score for Meet the Fockers? Really? I yeah. had no idea. And Meet huh. the Fockers, too. Huh, or no, really? Meet the Parents, and then Meet the Fockers. Yeah, yeah. which was way worse than the original. Yeah, oh, the yeah. original was good. The meet second the one was great. forgettable. Well, good for them for trying to milk yeah. it out. Yeah, you got to. 
Yeah. Right? Like, if you make a good movie, you don't make a sequel. Are you really trying? Mm. We know that you're grifting, but right. you have to put the effort in to mm. at least get that money. Josh Juris, Tyler Toffoli, Trevor Lewis. You got to guess. I don't think we're going to get this before eight. Me? You don't think so? Do no. I have a guess? Yeah. They all scored um, a goal. They all scored their first goal with the Flames after being traded from L.A. Ooh. Not what I'm looking in for. In L.A. Hit number four. The Habs and Canucks played in the National Hockey League's North Division for the 2020-2021 NHL season. The Habs and Canucks played in the National Hockey League's North Division from 2020 they, to 2021. They just did something. 960-960, name and location. They just did something? <laughs> One is the loneliest number that you'll ever do, Three Dog Night. Mm-hmm. Randy Newman's I Love L.A. and Trading Spaces is an hour-long American television reality program that originally aired from 2000 to 2008 <laughs> I have it. on the cable channels TLC and Discovery Home. Yeah, what do you got? All their wives run hockey wives. Mm. Ooh, not what I'm looking for. Uh, I have to give you another hint uh, because nobody is... Is anybody even remotely no. close? Everybody's doing like de- debuts in L.A., goals in first in goal LA, in L.A., first and goal. Yeah, played uh, in L.A. Yeah. Check the uh, the story we did in the 6.30. Um, ooh, Wedley getting close. Oh, it just hasn't refreshed. Uh, there is a trade that went down yesterday in the National Hockey League between the Montreal Canadiens and Vancouver Canucks. Oh, Wedley is getting close. Whoa, they were right. all traded from or to L.A. during training camp? No, mm-hmm. there was a deal yesterday between the Habs and the Canucks involving Tanner Pearson and Casey DeSmith. They were all traded for a goalie? No. 960-960 name and location. Is that... Can I can I lay it on on Front Street any more than that? No, I don't think so. That's pretty... That's pretty good right there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I one, mean... One is the loneliest number. One, as in first season. One. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rookie. Mm-hmm. Trading Spaces, the television show that aired from 2000 to 2008 on TLC and Discovery Channel. Trading Spaces... I love L.A. Tanner Pearson played for the L.A. Kings. The Habs and Canucks played in the NHL's North Division. And Tanner Pearson and Casey DeSmith were just traded. Uh, they all assisted on Tanner Pearson's goal as a rookie. No, very close. Too many assists. Uh, they're all traded from Vancouver to Montreal. Close, but not what I'm looking for. Uh, I'm just going to tell you the answer. And the first person yeah. who texted incorrectly, do you want to give the answer? Yeah, I'll give the answer. Um, so Josh Juris, Tyler Toffoli, and Trevor Lewis, they all played. Juris played with Casey DeSmith in his rookie season in Pittsburgh, and Toffoli and Lewis both played with Pearson in Pearson's rookie year in L.A. in 13-14. 960-960, name and location. They That's were, today's They all played with someone who was trivia. traded yesterday? Yes, yeah. in their rookie season. In, in their, their rookie all season. All played with someone traded yesterday in their rookie season. 960, 960, name that's, and location. That's pretty good, George. That's pretty impossible? Yes. Yeah, it is. 960, 960. Tough as heck. Name right. and It's going to be a wave here. I'm just trying. Oh, is it God, Kyle here. in Tuscany? Where's Kyle? Yeah, Kyle. Okay, congratulations to Kyle and Tuscany. You win Impossible Flames trivia. Uh, you won a $50 gift card to our good friends at VK Bruco and some swag courtesy of VK Bruco. Impossible Flames trivia is brought to you by Veranda, a friendly farm-to-table restaurant featuring craft beer and spirits from in-house VK Bruco and Burwood Distillery, 2566 Flanders Avenue Southwest, and on Instagram at Veranda YYC. I had to ramp up the difficulty today. 
It was tough. I mean, it's amazing how former Flames played with these two guys. It's amazing yeah, how everybody's connected. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's crazy. It's what I do. It's a I, web we weave. I'm like, I was thinking, like, how am I going to do Impossible Flames trivia? What's very timely? I'm like, thanks for this <laughs> thanks, trade. trade. Now I know what I'm doing for Impossible Flames trivia tomorrow. Thanks, thanks to all of you who are participating. The text line explodes when we do mm-hmm. this. Yeah. Like, it's hard to keep track of the amount of text messages we get on Wednesdays. But we also got that. Keep those text messages rolling in for your chance to win two tickets to the Heritage Classic. In honor of that naked dude on Twitter yesterday sauntering through an airport, what's the weirdest, grossest thing you've either seen in an airport on a plane? 960, 960, name and location. But straight ahead, she's the brand spanking new radio analyst for your Calgary Flames on Sportsnet 960. Megan Mickelson will join us. It's the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan.